Christmas Eve. No matter how old or jaded we may be, no matter what kind of year precedes this night, Christmas Eve never fails to brighten our spirits. I look forward to Christmas Eve with a kind of painful excitement every year, for I know that there are people here tonight who will not be here the rest of the year. I know this holiday carries with it more meaning than can be contained in a 15-minute sermon, and yet to share this story is perhaps my greatest privilege. But the question must be asked, why are you here tonight? Some of you were raised in this church and you can't imagine being anywhere else. Some of you have come alone. Others are with large families that take up an entire pew. Some of you are or have been planning to come here for weeks and some of you decided to come on a last minute impulse. Some of you have been dragged here against your will out of loyalty or guilt, and some of you are here for the first time in a very long time. Some of you are young and full of hope and anticipation. Most of your Christmases are still ahead of you, and some of you who are older are filled with memories of Christmases past that will never come again. Some of you are looking forward to getting back home to the fireplace and the presents and the tree, and others dread going home. Well, whoever you are, whatever you're feeling right now, I'm glad you're here. Scripture says, And Mary gave birth to her son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Would you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. On April 26th, I woke up to the sounds of my excited wife declaring, I think it's happening. The due date for our son had come and gone, and each day we waited with anticipation of his coming arrival. So being the incredible husband that I am, I started offering Lindsay all kinds of things. Do you want me to make you breakfast? Can I massage your feet? Would you like me to call the doctor? She, however, was completely distracted from my offers by the pain she was starting to experience. As the day progressed, I must have checked our hospital bag no less than 42 times. I made sure we had enough clothes and snacks. I went through our three birthing playlists. That's right, three birthing playlists, one for calm, one for happy, and one for pushing. And I asked Lindsay how she was feeling every 15 minutes. While I was frantically going over my list again and again, Lindsay was on the couch trying to find a comfortable position to sit in until things really got going. Mary and Joseph, they spent the day before their son's birth traveling over harsh terrain while Joseph led the donkey that was carrying his pregnant fiance. With every bump and slip, the pain Mary experienced increased and she hoped against hope they would find a place to stay in Bethlehem. When Lindsay's contractions started coming at a regular interval, we decided to call the doctor's office, and they told us to come on in. And so it was under the caring gaze of the nurses and the medical staff, Lindsay went through a number of tests before they told her as kindly as they could, it's not time yet. And so we went home. Mary's contractions must have really started to ramp up as they arrived in that sleepy little town called Bethlehem. All the people they encountered were busily talking about the census that the emperor had required and how they all had to be there in Bethlehem without a choice. 
They talked so much that no one even noticed the man escorting the pregnant woman on a donkey as they passed through the outskirts of town. We waited all day. And finally, at 9 o'clock, the contractions were regularly occurring at such intensity that we knew the time had come. And, being the good husband that I am, the car had been packed with our hospital bags for hours. So all I had to do was gingerly walk my wife to the car and drive us to the hospital with care and focus. When we were given a room, time seemed to increase in speed dramatically. With every passing minute, the contractions were intensifying and the nurses came in at a higher frequency to check on Lindsay and the baby. Mary and Joseph, they wandered through the town at a snail's pace, hoping to find somewhere to stay, hoping for a relative to encroach upon. But the farther they walked, the less hope they had of finding a place for the night. At some point, my wife was breathing strongly through a particularly rough contraction when the nurse said, Honey, I think it's time for us to talk about pain management. I, watching her go through this, thought to myself, Gee, I think it's time for me and you to talk about pain management. But being the exceptionally good husband that I am, I knew not to speak that thought out loud. Joseph guided the donkey to their last hope, the inn. While his wife was breathing heavily through a particularly rough contraction, the innkeeper saw them walking up, and he went out to the door to announce, We're full! Being the good man that Joseph was, he then led the donkey and Mary to a stable, the only place left, and he helped her down into some crinkly hay. At 7 a.m. on April 27th, Lindsay started to push. She was surrounded by a team of medical staff machines that were monitoring every heartbeat and contraction and by me trying to figure out what in the world I could do to help. When Mary knew that the time had arrived, she started to push. She was surrounded by dirty animals huddled together for warmth, hay that was covered in dirt and fur, and a man who was doing his best to figure out how he could help. And with a final push, a son was born into the world. The baby was quickly placed into his mother's arms, and for a fleeting moment, nothing happened. In our hospital room, the medical team waited with blankets and devices. In the stable, the animals watched as the miracle of life came to fruition. And then, with what sounded like a rush of wind, (gasps) the baby breathed for the very first time. From a dirty barn house to an immaculately clean hospital delivery room, the first breath of Jesus and my son Elijah highlight the fragility of this thing we call life. And don't we take it for granted? All of you, and myself included, have been breathing throughout this entire sermon, and we're not even thinking about it. But we can only live because we can breathe. In the beginning, God breathed the breath of life into Adam. God breathed the breath of life into Jesus. God breathed the breath of life into my son Elijah. God breathed the breath of life into each and every one of you. It's worth celebrating because it's a miracle. But this service, this thing we're doing here tonight, is not a mere celebration of a mother and her newborn child's arrival into the world. It's about more than the miracle of life. This is the unique story of God in the flesh. The baby placed in the manger is not us, and we are not him. He is totally 
other. And yet, and this is the real mystery of Christmas, Jesus is the incarnation of the living God, and at the same time, though he is entirely other than us, he has become one of us. Nothing less than God himself has become Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' birth, God entered history in a new and strange way with the promise that in the kingdom that has no end, sadness will be turned into joy. Sin will be destroyed by righteousness and death will be defeated by resurrection. But it all started in a tiny little stable long ago with a couple all alone in the world. That's the true miracle of Christmas. The fragility and the humanity of God in a breath. For it is in our breathing that we constantly encounter the one thing we have to do to survive and the one thing we have from the very beginning to the very end. And that is where God is. With every breath we inhale the spirit of the Lord who first breathed life into us and in our breathing we connect with the one who breathed for the first time in a manger long ago. And it was through that breath God emptied himself of all power and reign and might and majesty and left it all behind to enter our corrupted and polluted and tragic world. Gone were the days of abandonment. Gone were the times of uncertainty. And gone was the power of death. For God came into the world through a baby in a manger to save us. To save us from ourselves. To be with us every time we take a breath to offer us the real gift of Christmas, God with us. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.